Hi, and welcome to Unpuzzled. I'm your host, Katharina Abula-James, and on this podcast, it's all about revealing Christ one piece at a time. Hope you're good and super glad to welcome you to our very first episode. Yeah, I think the first one was an introduction, so this is our very first, so we're going to get into this. And I thought about, you know what, because you have a number of things or themes that you think you want to share, that you feel that God wants you to share, and you're trying to figure out, okay, which one to start with. And I felt actually, you know what, start with this, start with what I think forms the foundation of everything, because I think if you don't have this, then everything else falls apart, right? So, and I hope I'm not going to be waffling on because there's so many things within this, but yeah, just go with me, just flow with me. One of the things that, that I personally pay a lot of attention to just because I think it causes so much division in the church, amongst Christians, in the body of Christ, and I guess also just within humanity, and that's the issue of knowing knowledge, information, whatever it is. And I think it's probably more so pertinent now because we live in an age where literally everything you want to know is available at your fingertips. Like there's no more need to get encyclopedias, lexicons, whatever, and spend hours and hours and hours trying to study things. Like literally whatever you want to know, type it in and it's there. It's at your, it's more or less at your fingertips, right? So we're not short of information. And that in and of itself can pose to be really, really difficult, certainly when we think about who we are in Christ and and the fact that you know, the Bible talks about not being conformed by the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Um, that's probably going to be well the main verse I want to kind of talk about today, because I do think what has what has happened or what is happening is that we people, the human race, we know so much, like you name it, the kind of food ants eat, the kind of you want to put together a robot, what you need to know, like literally whatever it is. Like I can't even come up with a random topic now because whatever it is, you think about it. What is it that you want to know? You can know it. In the next five minutes, you'll know it. So we are not short of information. But what I've also come to realize is that we know so much, but yet there's so little understanding. And so we're full of information, and but we're lacking revelation. And for those of you that kind of, know me already and you know that one of the programs that I teach, uh, I talk about information becoming revelation and revelation um, leading to transformation. And so that our walk with God is not just reading the Bible and, and, and living in Christ is not just information, that that information is meant to become revelation. Um, and so the spirit of the Lord turns what you have heard and gives you understanding. And that understanding, you have that aha moment. It's now no, no longer just text. You have a revelation of the word of God. And then that the word of God then changes you. Yeah. So information is not meant to be just, okay, I know X, Y, Z. You can refer people to the scripture here and there. No, it's meant to actually, it is a life. It's certainly talking about the word of God. The word of God is a life. It changes it from the inside out. And so the, the goal is not to just like, acquire knowledge. The goal is to move from information to revelation and revelation to lead to transformation. Now, the issue is this, the issue with information and too much information is this, knowledge puffs up. It is in the Bible and we know it to be true, right? Knowledge puffs up. The people that know a lot and know it all oftentimes are the ones that get into debates, are the ones that argue about everything and anything, are the ones that believe that what they know is the standard for truth and everything that is different can't be right. 
And that is very, very dangerous because when you, when you think that revelation starts and finishes with you, it actually indicates that there is pride, uh, self-righteousness and arrogance in your heart, right? Because you, whatever you know can never be the complete truth because not one person can know it all. But understanding that it is God's truth. The standard for truth is God, not you, not me. The standard for truth is God. And just because you do not know it doesn't necessarily mean that it isn't true. And what I have found and what I am observing, and I love to observe, I love to observe people and listen to conversations. And you can tell from conversations, sometimes people that just know it all, but are maybe lacking understanding. And actually how you can also test that is when you're having a conversation with somebody, whether their response to whatever you say is, am, but, 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 and actually no, but however, or whether they're actually able to hear what you have to say and are able to reflect and take what you are sharing with them as a new revelation, as new information, or maybe a new expression of something that they weren't privy to before, or whether they shut it down. And I certainly know that like I, I dislike getting into a debate anyway, which I talked about in the introduction. But one of the reasons is because you can just tell when you are having a conversation, let's, for example, let's just take this podcast for an example. Most people have a preconceived idea of what they believe is right, of what they believe is truth, of what they believe is accurate. It's the standard, right? So this is now their framework. Now, when they're coming into a conversation with you, there are a number of postures that they can have, the people that the, the hearer, the listener, the participant can have. One, the posture of, I'm hearing you, but I have already decided that I am disagreeing with you in advance. Like literally whatever you're telling me, I've got this sheet of paper that is telling me what the truth is. And so as information is coming from you to me, I am measuring what you're saying against what I already believe to be true. Now, if what you say aligns with what what I believe, then we can continue this conversation because I can see that we're on the same page. If what you're saying sounds foreign to me, if what you're saying is something that I haven't heard before, if what you're saying is something that it's just weird and random, then it can't be right. It can't be correct because it's not on my sheet of paper of truth. And I start arguing with you. And so the argument is actually what you're saying cannot be true because I don't know that. That's what, yeah, in, in essence, that's what you're saying. This cannot be correct. This cannot be true because I've not heard of this before. I've not come in contact with this before. And so therefore, whatever you're saying cannot be the truth. Okay. And that is so, so personally, I find that so irritating because I was like, hold on. When on earth did you become the authority for truth? How on earth do you think that you have attained a level where you know it all? And so you are unable to receive any kind of information that is new to you. And certainly in, in the Christian, in the Christianity, I'm now wondering, so, but hold on. If you, when the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, there's an implication that what you think, you know, might not be it. What the word of God is saying, renew your mind because the information that you had, old information might not be it. Okay. And so I always ask myself, like, why do you criticize? Why do you negate? Why do, you sp do people speak ill of something that they do not know? Because I've also learned that people that have a closed mind 
remain stagnant. People that are unable to learn remain stagnant or at its worst deteriorate because yesterday's knowledge may no longer be relevant for today's world. Yesterday's knowledge may no longer be relevant for today's world. And that is what, honestly, like this, one of the things that I love so much about the word of God. Yeah. The word of God is alive. You know, I know that the book, the written word, the scripture is a written book, but the life in the scripture which reveals the word of God, which we know is the person of Jesus, right? We know that Jesus, the man, is the incarnate word. It was the word from the beginning. He then, uh, how do you, what's the word? Metamorphosed or took on a different form, just like water becomes ice. The word became flesh for a period of time, 33 years, to demonstrate the, the life we ought to live on the earth. So the beauty about the word is this, the word is alive. It is not uh, static, right? The word is not static. It is alive. It moves, which is where when you speak it, it becomes the very thing that is said becomes. So the, the important is information is a collection of just words and if you if you go if you use a uh, yesterday's information to solve today's problem you might have an issue because the inability to apply the word so it's not the text that you are applying it is the word it is the knowledge it's the understanding of the word that makes the difference and so i know i love the part in the bible that says the letter killeth because what so many people do they'll take the letter of it and try to apply the letter the life that is in the word is the life of god which is why it changes things which is why i always say like when people say mm, is the is christianity still relevant is the bible still relevant listen like the bible is the book the word of god which is the holy spirit infused revelation of Christ Jesus, of course, is relevant. It's relevant. It was relevant then. It is relevant now because he's the God that was, that is, and is to come. That he doesn't lose his essence. He doesn't lose his relevance. Okay. So you need to move with the time. You need to move. And, and the time in here is God. Like you need to move in and with him. If you're relying on information, something that was relevant and accurate yesterday may no longer be relevant and accurate tomorrow. And it is dangerous to insist on this is what it is and try and force it down people's throats because it might it, it doesn't have life. Honestly, if you're looking for what will make the difference, it is the word of God. What does that mean practically? It is the information, but live backing up information, which gives understanding. The ability to apply that is then wisdom. Jesus Christ is the thread that flows through it all. You hear something. It might not make sense. Okay, he reveals it. Now that he reveals it, okay, you now have understanding. As you have understanding, you are able to apply it. That's And we talk about it if you go to university or any kind of school. There's always a difference between theory and practice and so the inability to acknowledge that what you know cannot be it all the reason like I, I almost feel like okay imagine there's a reason like we know that God is a God of unity he created mankind he said multiply like this is ho his whole desire is for all of us to reveal him not any one person 
can fully reveal God. It doesn't happen like that. What he does is he reveals himself to as many that have a desire to know more of God. Now, if you take the scripture that says we were created in the image of God and in his likeness we were made, like we, we look like him and we are to be like him. That means every person is an expression of God. Okay. Now, some refuse to acknowledge that he is God and many of believe that he is God received the life of Christ. Okay. Now, as you hunger and thirst for more of him, he reveals more of who he is to you, not to any one person, to as many. So if you think about it, what he does, he gives you a little bit of knowledge about him. He gives me a little bit of knowledge about, and he just spreads it across. Okay. Now let's assume all of us read the word of God. As you hunger and thirst for more, he unlocks the word. The Bible talks about the fact that the, the mysteries are spread across the word and he reveals his the mysteries to his children. So there's a mystery in the word. So you can't assume that what you are reading is the complete truth. There's a mystery. And as you seek his face, he unveils it. But what happens? He doesn't unveil it all to one person. He literally spreads it across the, 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 the body of Christ, because there's a power, there's power of unity. You are meant to bring a, an expression of who God is to the fore. I am meant to bring an expression of who God is to the fore. The person to the left is meant to bring an expression of Christ to the fore. You ought to reveal a side of God that, that, that I haven't seen. I ought to reveal something about God and collectively we get a better, more complete and accurate picture of who God is. That's the whole point of unity. The fact that when we come together, I share a dimension of God and you're like, hold on, I've never seen that before. Okay, whoa. Then you bring an expression of God and collectively we grow in our faith. That is how it ought to be. And we see the division in the churches because people want to make their truth, the standard of truth and everything else is wrong. What happens when we do that? We deprive ourselves of knowing who God is. We deprive ourselves of coming into the realization of the greatness and the power and the beauty that is, that is in God, but also how that pertains to everyday life and living. You know, like I always wonder about people that, okay, yeah, this is it. This is the final truth. This is how we do it here. And if you don't do it here, you're going to hell. And if you don't follow these footsteps and you're like, hold on, who on earth, number one, made you the authority? Also, number two, there's something called humility. There's something about understanding that I'm humble enough to actually learn a side of God that may be foreign to me. But foreign doesn't mean wrong. Foreign doesn't mean demonic. Like I've heard so many ministers of God literally demonizing other people's ministries. And I'm like, first of all, what happened to love? Second of all, what happened to being gracious and extending grace? But third of all, what happened to humility? What happened to actually, and I get it, you know, because people always say, yeah, the spirit of truth leads us into all truth and be mindful of what's out there. And I get that. But if you trust that you are infused by and with the spirit of God, then surely listening to a 10 minute, 15 minute, 20 minute conversation with somebody sharing something that you might not know will not change your course of life. It will not move you from uh, eternal life to eternal damnation. Okay. And so at the core, 
I always say to myself, okay, so what do we believe? Because if at the core, we believe that Jesus Christ, who was born by Virgin Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit, lived his life on earth, was sent to the world to redeem humanity. We were all lost. We would all have been doomed. But God sent his beloved son so that you and I can live. He lived on the earth and went through the challenges and went through trials and went through tribulations, but had a very clear assignment, which was to die so that we don't have to die. He bore our iniquities. He bore our shame. He was nailed to the cross. He died. On the third day, he rose again. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. When he ascended to heaven, he's now seated with with God in, 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 in heavenly places. He's going to come back for his bride, which is you and I that say yes to him. Whilst we live on the earth, we are meant to receive the life of Christ and then give him ours. We are meant to be transformed by him so that we look like him and be like him on the earth and do what he calls of us. So we're not just meant to live life anyhow as we please, but the spirit of the living God, whom he actually released unto us before he left to say, actually, I'm not going to leave you stranded. I'm going to leave you with the Holy Spirit. He's going to guide you and lead you into all righteousness. And so whilst you walk the earth, yes, there'll be trials. Yes, there'll be tribulations, but don't be discouraged. I am with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you need encouragement, I'll be your encouragement. If you need clarity, I'll be your clarity. Whatever you need me to be, I am for I am the I am that I am. I will be with you throughout the length of days here on earth. And at the end, God will say, well done for having lived the life I've called you to live and then reign with him in eternity, right? If at the core, we believe this to be true, we believe that this is who Christ is and that is what he came and that is therefore the inheritance that we have in him and therefore the invitation to eternal life on earth and beyond or the abundant life on earth and beyond then that is it because that is at the heart of Christianity. That is at the heart of the Bible says, he who will believe in me shall be saved. And that's at the core. And yes, now how that pertains to everyday life and living, what that means for like marriage and some of the nuances there. And okay, uh, do I cover my head? Don't I cover my head? Do I wear trousers? Don't I wear trousers? Do I believe in the in the prophetic? Do I believe in laying of hands and people having all kinds of manifestations there? Whatever it is, like all the other stuff that lies in between, right, are things that that Christ reveals as we live in him. You know, you learn one plus one first, and then late, later you move on to algebra, and then later you move into something else. And some people would stay at a certain level, and that's cool for them, whatever, right? But there needs to be an element of acknowledging that, listen, there's so many dimensions, there's so much wealth of knowledge found in God. And the more we hunger and thirst for him, the more he reveals to us. But that happens gradually. And the reason why you ought not to forsake the assembly of the saints is because every single person brings a different uh, a expression and revelation and dimension of God to the fore. And as we learn, because God uses his children to teach, there's a reason why he brought teachers and, and, and like there, there's a reason why different people wear different mantles. But the, at the heart of all of that, the posture needs to be humility. The posture needs to be teachable spirit. The posture needs to be a willingness to actually learn and know more about God because it is in knowing more about God that we are now opened to a world that we were shut off from. And I think one of the dangerous things, and I, I really believe that you cannot use the knowledge of the world to explain the spiritual world. I just, I just honestly, just without even having to do 
um, like meditation. I mean, even logically, it does not make sense. It doesn't make sense to apply the wisdom of this world to spiritual things. I think when God said, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. One of the things that he's saying here is, don't don't follow the ways of the world speak that like the world think like the world reason like the world no don't it leads to destruction be transformed who does the transforming the holy spirit how are we transformed by surrender okay be transformed by and by the renewing of your mind the spirit of the lord renews the mind your thinking pattern changes your thoughts change everything you thought to be true is almost like not not turned on its head but he's like this is the world this is me this is the world this is me this is the world like that there, there, there are different dimensions like let's not get it twisted we're in it but not of it there is a different system at play. And I don't know what, what I said that in the introduction, but there's the culture and the systems of the world. And there's the culture and the systems of the kingdom. And if you are a child of God, you are of God's kingdom. There is a way to living. There's a way to thinking. There's a way to being. And yes, he doesn't hold it against us that we don't get it right. But he absolutely requires us and, 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 and expects us to be humble enough to submit to the leading of and the teachings of the Holy Spirit. And in doing that, we come to God as babes, not as adults, not as professors that think they know it all. We come as children acknowledging and understanding that I don't know it all, Father, teach me again. And so how do we step out of this place of thinking we know it all? Because honestly, what happens is not only is pride and arrogance and, and self-righteousness at play here, and we know that pride leads to destruction, we are, we are potentially leading people astray if we are preaching our truth. And I, I would say it over and over again. I hate when people say, my truth, my truth. Your truth is nothing. It is his truth. His truth, okay? Whatever you think you know is foolishness. The Bible says your wisdom is foolishness in the sight of God. And, and listen, the, your wisdom might have gotten you far in your career, might have gotten you far in as far as the world is concerned, but is absolute folly and foolishness as far as God is concerned. And he's saying, let there be an exchange. Exchange what you think your wisdom is for my wisdom. Because I will tell you something, God's wisdom is able to lead you to places and spaces that the world is not even aware of. And so what needs to happen are three things here. And those are the three things that God um, told me and taught me a few years ago. And it was just so profound. And I'm still living in that place and space where God said, there are three things I need my children to do. There needs to be an unlearning, relearning, and learning afresh. An unlearning, relearning, and a learning afresh. And at the heart of this, what God is basically saying, I need you to become like children. What has happened is, and if you're listening to this and you are anything over two years old or three years old, we are a, everything that we think we know is as a result of what we have absorbed. Like think of yourself as a sponge and life has now happened and you've just absorbed so much. There are things that you've learned in primary school, secondary school, university, whatever, if you went through that route, there are things that you've learned just by watching people living in certain communities, Christian or not Christian, whatever it is, everything that you now are and everything that you now know is an accumulation of the information that you have been fed or that you have gone to eat of yourself. It's now piled up 
And so you no longer live life through a pure lens, but through a lens that has now preconceived things in place. And so if your standard for truth is red and you're looking at a situation, what you're looking for is red and anything that isn't red can't be true. Okay. If your standard for truth is all men are evil, when you meet men, uh, your standard of truth is already evil. So anybody that doesn't seem evil either pretends or is just whatever. Right. And so what then happens, we live our entire life with what we believe to be true. And from that fountain, we make decisions from that fountain. We go about living life. Okay. So if you believe, um, a certain framework, you're looking for something or anything to validate that framework and to align that framework, because that's what you know. Everything outside of that is damaging. Now, what happens? God's world and system is different. God's ways are different. And the Bible says the ways of man are not the ways of God. The ways of man are not the ways of God. Now, if you are living a life where you're trying to impose your truth, Unto the things of God, you will end up disappointed. Your, in fact, your world will crash because none of this will make sense. You are trying, if you are living your life trying to make everything there is align with your theory, you are living in an illusion that will ultimately lead to destruction. Okay, uh, and you'd know that by, for example, you have a, a, a statement of fact, or which in your world is a statement of truth. And you're looking for everything and anything that confirms that. And those are the people that go out of the way to look at scriptures to confirm that, to look at words to confirm that, to look at teachings to confirm that, to look at people that agree with their philosophy and use them as a standard uh, for truth or as an evidence or reference point to say, well, it is it is written, okay? Because you're taking what you believe to be true as, as the standard and to pump it up and give it a bit more credibility, you back it up by scriptures here and there. Now, the word of God is not meant to suit you and align with what you believe to be truth. Your life, your philosophy, your wisdom is meant to align and conform to what God is saying. God is not here trying to prove you right. God is not here trying to say, yes, you've got it right, my girl, keep on going. No, you are meant to change into him, not vice versa. And so I, I really believe what God was saying is number one, the need to unlearn. The need to unlearn whatever your belief system is, whatever in your relationships, in your careers, whatever it is, even in terms of what you believe God to be and your life in God to be and unlearning and what is required for unlearning willingness, number one, and acknowledgement that actually I may have gotten this whole thing wrong. An acknowledgement that is actually God, well, first of all, a repenting, almost a like, God, sorry for thinking that it's all about me. And an acknowledgement that actually God, you, like, you are truth. And so lead me in the path of righteousness. Lead me in the path of your truth. You know how we talk about um, uh, Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there's a reason why he says way, truth, and life. And I talked about this, or I will be talking about this in a different episode. And way, obviously, is referring to First of all, he is the way. There is no other way to so salvation. But then truth. Truth, why? Because he knows that we, we, we live in deception. So much of what we have believed to be true are lies. So much of what we believe to be true are systems of deception. They look right. They sound like, um, sound right, but are so far from the truth. And so what God is saying is there needs to be an unlearning. And unlearning requires intentionality. 
vulnerability, humility, and faith. A posture of a child. The reason why I love children is because children are so pure. There is no preconceived notion, no preconceived ideas. Live in the moment. Like it's just everything is just mm. like you tell a child something, the child believes it. Right now, the older they become, they start to realize that hold on, some of what I've been told has been a lie. Some of what I've been told was actually an exaggeration. Some of what I've been told has been deception. And then they have this moment of um, this is not actually truth. But a child in its purest form believes, and it is then what you teach the child that will become the child's reality. And what God is saying, listen, you've lived in a world that is so deceived and so full of just lies because the enemy has gone round the teaching things and saying things and making things appear to be true when they're not, that you need to step out of that. And you need to step out of that and by faith, allow the spirit of the Lord guide you through the process of unlearning things that you have believed to be true, but are not actually true. And how do you do that? Yes, the standard for truth is absolutely the word of God. So the Bible and the reading of the Bible and the meditation of the Bible, but not reading it to affirm or agree with your standpoint, literally reading it with a blank sheet of paper. You know, a lot of the times when we are reading the Bible, we are assuming to know and understand what God is saying because we're reading it like a book. We're reading it like, uh, you know, a geography book or a biography book, sorry, a biology book or uh, any kind of science book that uh, seems to be based on facts. And, and so we read it like that. But actually, if you understand that the word, the written word of God is inspired by the spirit of the living God written through God's vessels, then the only way to understand it is spiritually. You can't take all the things that are written in the Bible literally, when I, when I say literally, don't assume that you understand what God is saying when he's saying certain things. Like don't approach it with an assumption that I know what truth is. And so as I'm reading it, I am from my fountain of knowledge, giving the word interpretation. No, how we are meant to approach it is with a heart that says, as I'm about to read this word, Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to me. As I'm reading this, open my eyes to see what is written behind the letter. Open my ears to hear you as you're speaking. Open my heart to begin to receive the truth that is revealed in this word. And the reason I say this, I say this is so, so key. Honestly, guys, let's think about this in such a way, right? If you have eaten apples, you've eaten grapes, you've eaten bananas, and even if you haven't eaten them, you kind of know what they are, okay? If I give you a story and I say, okay, um, right now, okay, I'm so I've eaten so much so much junk food. Doctor said I need to I need to eat healthier. So I'm gonna start applying a diet that includes five a day. I'm probably gonna start eating apples and grapes and bananas and then look for two other fruits to eat. La, la, la. As I am talking, you already had a picture of a doctor. You already had a picture of a banana. You had a picture of a of, of, of an apple or whatever it is. Why? Because in your intangible dictionary that is infused in your mind, you can associate a word with a thing, a word with a picture. So when I say apple, you didn't think of a banana. When I said banana, you didn't think of a, a mango because you have an understanding of what that fruit is, of what that word is. There is a correlation between the word and the picture. And so if you, that's in the natural now. Now the Bible says the ways of God and, and the mind of God and everything that constitutes God to be God is different. It is different. So move away from the world, come into his world, okay? Move away from this world and come into him, into Christ. Now, 
once you're in him, you will understand and realize that as you're reading the word, there are so many mysteries behind the letter. And so they take, for example, the word no. No, in certain contexts in the Bible, talk about knowing, like knowing as per understanding, knowing as per knowledge, okay? Now, but there's also a knowing that talks about intimacy, that talks about experience. You know, when it talked about Adam knew Eve, um, that wasn't knowing uh, an intellectual knowing, that was an experiential knowing because it says he knew her and she conceived and gave birth. So that knowing wasn't just, okay, I know about something. That knowing was an intimate knowing. There was a, an exchange so much so that the Eve conceived and gave birth, okay? Now, if you read the word of God and interpret the word of God based on your dictionary, you might get the wrong interpretation of the matter. And so what we do when we read the word of God and study the word of God, we come to him with a blank sheet of paper, not assuming that we know it. You don't go to him as a professor or as an adult that knows it all. And then come, let's reason together. People say, God, let's reason together. So I'm going to present my case. God can present his case. And whoever has a strong argument is truth. No, he is truth. And he brings you into the knowledge of his truth. And so when you are reading, and you want to know more, you come into a place of saying, okay, God, I do not know it. I don't assume that I know it. So every time I come before God, read the word or whatever, I am coming with a blank sheet of paper. Same for when there's a teaching, when there's a preaching, when you are hearing like myself now teach or, or, or preach or, or share or uh, a family friends or Christians so or whoever you know that that talks about. Don't assume that you know what they're saying. Don't assume that you understand what is being said. Uh, let the spirit of the living God give understanding, give understanding in that. I really believe like there's the scripture, which is the written word, but then there is the word, the person, Christ Jesus, that is revealed. And the scripture reveals the person. The scripture reveals Christ Jesus. The scripture reveals the truth. The Bible says that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Not knowledge, not information. The revealing of the word, which is Jesus. And so what God is saying, there needs to be an unlearning things that you hold so dear, things that you know so much, you might may have even written articles about it, may have published books about it, may have, you know, like got into so many arguments because you were just, this is it and everything outside of this is wrong. There needs to be a place of humility. And yes, the beautiful thing about God is I love the fact that we are growing, we are, we are growing, we are being transformed. So yes, I mean, the more you see God, the more of God you know. And so there might be something that you knew back then that might have been milk back then, but now you've gotten into the meteor matters. And there's no shame in that. Like, I don't know, like sometimes people feel like, oh my God, like I, I shouldn't have said that. Or I didn't know that. No, it's fine because we grow. The issue is pride. The issue is if you, if you are too proud to acknowledge that what you knew then might not have been the complete picture or humble enough to apologize where you have shut somebody down, where you've criticized somebody, where you've spoken ill of somebody because they talked about something that you do not know. Um, so uh, two, three years ago, God gave me a powerful revelation. I'm going to talk about it at some point. But and, and I know the title irked so many people and I got so much. I got people call me the Antichrist. I had people, you know, like literally, I mean, not that I'm, I was a social media person per se anyway, but the few followers that I had, I had people leave. I had people like, who do you think you are? And you know, like, I had people abuse me and insult me, all kinds of things, right? But one thing I knew and still know for a fact is that 
the, that revelation came from a place of intimacy. Like God revealed it to me. Like I just know it to be true. I know it to be God. And God confirmed it. And he He had given me a promise that, listen, don't worry, I'm with you. And I thank God people received the life of Christ. People gave their lives to Christ. People's lives have, have changed as a result of following that particular series. But I also do know that main issue that a lot of people had is their assumption behind the title, their assumption behind what they thought this means when they saw the title. And and I know one of the things that God had told me, and I'd never actually felt the need to defend or whatever, because I know that God will give understanding at the right time. Some people will get it. Some people won't. And that is okay. And that doesn't make them a Christian and me not a Christian or vice versa. It just means that some people will come to certain moments of truth at certain stages in their lives. And some people will not necessarily understand or get or receive something does not mean that they are any less children of God. But I but I knew there and then, and that's when God really gave me the revelation about the need to unlearn, that too many of us make assumptions about the word and assumptions of what we believe to be true. And the letter killeth. The, letter, the Bible says, let the letter killeth. Don't rely on the letter. Don't rely on the text. Rely on the spirit behind it that gives understanding and that will lead you into all truth. Okay. And so what God is saying, unlearn. There are things that we have believed to be true that are not true. There, and we've made those things the pillars of our lives. Our your entire business plan is set on it. Your entire family planning is, is built on it. Your, the way you engage with people, the way you relate with people, the way you, the places that you go to, the kind of decisions you make, everything is built on this thing that you have believed to be true, but it's actually deception. It might be a lie. It might be incomplete or it might be true, but not the complete truth. And what God is saying, have a heart of humility and unlearn. Unlearning the things that you've believed to be true that are not. But unlearning is followed by relearning. There are things that you do know. There are things that God has told you and has shown you, but he's getting us to a place of relearn that. So yes, this is stuff that you've heard before. This is stuff that you've read before, but you need to relearn it because as much as you know it, you don't actually have understanding. So it's not unlearning because unlearning is the deceptions and the lies and the assumptions that we make. Relearning is absolutely the word of God. But let him now teach you. Let, let it not just be knowledge and information. Relearn it. Go over it. Whether that is when the Bible says, forgive your name. Like relearn that. What is God actually saying? You know, when we talk about David and Goliath's story and all of that. Yes, there's stories that you believe. But relearn. Relearn the principles in the word of God. Who does that? The spirit of God. Again, it is the spirit that teaches you and leads you into all truth. And the third one is learning. Learning afresh. Because there are things that you do not know. There are truths that you are yet to understand. The Bible talks about the mysteries that are found in God, that God reveals to his own. They are not meant to remain mysteries, but why would God give you the understanding of a mystery when you haven't even fully understood and grasped and accepted the simple truths that he has given? And so God is saying, unlearn. God is saying, relearn. And God is saying, learn afresh. And what all three require is a child like heart, a childlike attitude. When you come before God, come hungry, come not assuming, come without preconceived ideas, learn and hear from people that might not look like you, sound like you, go to the same church as you, may not even go to church because God can and certainly does speak to and through whatever vessel he desires to. 
Okay, I remember there was a time where I, uh, in my previous church, a beautiful, wonderful church, but there was a time it was going through ups and downs and the word of God was coming from a vessel that I did not necessarily know I have a personal relationship. Um, and I remember for a long time, whenever they would be on stage, uh, they would preach and I would just shut down. I wouldn't even give them a chance. I would just shut down. And I remember the Holy Spirit said to me, what do you think you're doing? Will you like come off your high horse and hear what I have to say through this vessel? And I had to go through repenting, repenting, whatever. And then I started listening and listening inten intentionally. And some of the greatest revelations that I have gleaned came through that vessel. You just ask yourself, how much understanding and revelation do you deprive yourself because the vessel doesn't look the way you want it to look? The person doesn't speak the language you want them to speak. They don't come from the same community background or whatever as you do. You deprive yourself. Why? Because we are expressions of God. God reveals himself through whatever means and person and thing he wants to. Don't deprive yourself because there is growth. There is growth in learning more about God. Remember, because the more of him you know, the more of him you learn, the more of him is revealed to you, the more of him you are transformed into, and the more of him and like him you become. And you can tell because when we are stagnant, Stagnant means and shows an unwillingness to learn, uh, not having a teachable heart and teachable spirit. And so this is literally the conclusion of the matter. I really believe that God is saying unlearn, unlearn, ask the spirit of God to teach you because there is assumption and there's truth. There's perception and there's truth. There's what you think is true. And then there is what is truth. And that truth and revelation thereof is unending. I'm just thinking about the woman at the, at the, at the well and, and she was fetching water because she needed water to survive. And God said, listen, I am the water and I'm the living life. And you drink from me, you will never thirst again. And a part of that talks about the, the essence of God and the beauty of God. And the more of him you have in you, the more of him you will know and become. And there's just this ever flowing fountain of, of who he is. And he wants to reveal who he is to us because that, you know, when you are, when you've lived in a bunker, you've just been in darkness. And he now opens your eyes and the curtain is torn. The veil is removed. And you really realize that you've lived a lie or in a lie for so long. And that's what the enemy does. And I maybe want to talk about this in a different episode because I don't want this one to be too long. But that's what the enemy does. He sells us lies and deceptions and we buy into it. Just look up when the enemy tempted Jesus. Everything that he tempted Jesus with, Jesus Christ probably had a need. He was hungry. He was thirsty. And the enemy was saying, listen, you, you need something here. I'm going to offer you something. And the enemy didn't come with, with words that didn't sound like God. Like everything that he said was more or less what God had said. But there was the spirit of deception in it. And so what the enemy presented, Christ knew that even though it sounded correct and it sounded right, there was no truth in it. There was death in it. There was deception in it. And Christ didn't fall for it because he is life and he is truth. And what God is basically saying is that live a life where not, not don't necessarily go and question everything, but live a life of humility where you are teachable. You are every day. You're like, okay, Holy Spirit, teach me anew. Teach me afresh. As you're walking to the train station, have a heart that is open, that is ready to hear and to learn from God because he will use the very things that appear to be whatever to actually speak through them and you'll begin to see things differently. Like the other day, God gave me a revelation about how Jesus Christ turned water to wine. 
and I, it was Jesus Christ's first miracle. And I'd read this over and over again, and I've heard preachers talk about that over and over again. But for the first time, the Spirit of God gave me a revelation of the scripture that I hadn't had before. And he was talking about, listen, when Jesus Christ turned water to wine, which was the first miracle, the miracle of transformation, what he did, water and wine, the comparison, it looks different. It tastes different and it feels different. So there was a change of appearance, a change of substance and a change of texture. And God was showing me that okay, in the place of transformation, which Christ wants to do with each and every one of us, he wants to change our appearance, how we look. He wants to change our tech, the edges in and of us. And he wants to change our substance, the very essence of who we are. Now, if I read that with thinking and assuming that I understand that I would have missed that revelation. But God is saying that was the first miracle, the miracle of transformation, where he wants to transform his children from water to wine. He wants to change our appearance. He wants to change our texture. He wants to change our substance. Okay. And that's just one example. And so I would really, really, really urge you. I was going to say implore, which is such a churchy word. I really, really urge you be willing to unlearn, relearn and learn. It requires vulnerability, it requires humility, it requires a teachable spirit, and it requires faith. Faith knowing that the Spirit of God, who is truth, will lead you into all truth. Do not deprive yourself of learning. Don't live a life assuming that you get it, assuming that you know it, assuming that you've mastered it. Have a teachable heart, have a teachable spirit, and in that step into the beauty that is God, into the knowledge of who he is and what is available in him. So yeah, I'll end it here. I hope this blessed you. The reason why I, I, wanted, I really wanted this to be the first episode is because on this podcast, we're going to talk about everything and anything that God lays upon my heart. And I'm very mindful and just like the title of this podcast being Unpuzzled, I'm very mindful that I don't know it all. God is this beautiful, wonderful masterpiece and there's so much of him to know, but he reveals pieces of him. And on this podcast, what I am hoping to do is reveal pieces that he has revealed to me. And I'm very mindful that there are pieces that I don't know, pieces that I will not come into knowing unless I hear from somebody else and I learn from somebody else. So this is not the only truth. This is a piece of, a piece of Christ that has been revealed on everyone's part. If we want to grow into the persons that God has called us to be, that is who we need to be. We need to be willing and ready vessels that are, that are childlike and when they come before God and learn about God through every and any expression that he finds or deems suitable. And so, yeah. This is a long one, I promise. Subsequent ones might not be as long. But yeah, like I said, we go with the flow. Let me know. Actually, I like giving practical, practical, um, how do you call it, examples or things to do. And so maybe a practical one would be, I don't know why I like tables and columns, like columns and rows. But um, maybe to start with writing down everything that you believe to be true, whatever, whatever that is. And then test it against the Holy Spirit and just ask the Holy Spirit, okay, hold on. Why do I believe this? Is this written in the word of God? Is this what I've been told, but actually isn't founded on the word of God? Is this just a matter of, you know, like life experiences and it's happened so many times that it cannot possibly be a coincidence. So I've made events and a common trends and themes, turned it into a factual statement of truth, et cetera. Like just, just begin to just test your own, test your belief system. What is it founded upon? 
is it religion? Is it tradition? Is it, you know, what society says, whatever it is. And in that you realize that, hold on, there's some things that you have lived by that aren't actually number one, founded on the word of God. And if they are founded on the word of God, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal, okay, so I get this is what it says, but what does it mean? You know, because there's a difference between the written word and the actual meaning behind the word. And he will do that. The Holy Spirit will teach you because that's his desire. Like that's what God, that's what Christ did. He said, listen, I'm not going to leave you stranded. I'm going to leave you with a comforter, that Holy Spirit, and he will guide you and he'll teach you into all truth. Okay. And so don't put that pressure on yourself to try and figure it all out by yourself. Don't put pressure on yourself to think that you need to know it all. It's okay not to know because the very person that knows it all is the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. So rather than cracking your brain and trying to figure it out, just submit to the Holy Spirit and ask him to reveal to you the truth. And so, yeah, maybe that's a good practical exercise. And if you do that, let me know how you get on. But um, yeah, this is where I'm going to leave it. Thanks again for tuning in. And I hope you'll be back. This was Unpuzzled. And again, I'm your host, Katharina Abiola-James. And here we reveal Christ one piece at a time. Stay tuned and stay blessed. Stay blessed.